When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to The Ovation Show, where we're discussing the healthcare crisis in America and employee benefits and the employers as a whole and how to increase business and increase the bottom line. Uh, we're bringing partners, colleagues, clients, and business owners together to discuss solutions and innovations that bring a higher quality of care to employees while reducing business owners' out-of-pocket costs, but then also reducing employer costs and giving them more transparency and control over what they're doing in their business. Today, we're live in the Work Innovator Studio, and they are imp amplifying the voice of business at VentureX and Castle Hills in the realm. Today, we're gonna do something a little bit different, get away from the health insurance and benefits we always talk about. I'm sure it'll come up a little bit. We're gonna talk about PEOs, professional employer organizations. And at Ovation, we partnered with PEOs for over a decade. Um, and today, we brought in Jaffe Donaldson and Ruben Garcia from Employers Flexible, a great Ovation partner. But talk about PEOs and how they can help your business. So welcome, guys, great Thank to have you, you here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. All right, so let's go, let's go, first go into the first thing that we always have to talk about. What the heck is a PEO? So Ruben, I'm gonna throw that at you. That's something that we get often. What is a PEO? For those who don't know what a professional employer organization is, think of it, if you will, as a Costco. Um, the reason why you go to Costco is because you have some cost savings in numbers, right? The PEO is the same way. PEOs help share some of that cost when you're pooling your resources with other small to medium-sized businesses in areas of HR, risk and safety, workers comp, and then benefits. So we're pooling all these resources, and I do know, I knew, I actually know a lot of companies that go to a PEO, workers comp's always a big one. Yep. In fact, I'll, I'll say this, I know a lot of employers that we walk, talk and walk through with PEOs, they say workers comp, gotta get my workers comp down. Hey, we hope we can go through and get lower health insurance costs. Um, but there's also, there's an HR side to it, payroll. So we see most companies that work with PEOs somewhere between that 20 and 100 space or they're smaller growing companies where they don't have an HR. So before we get into that, let's kind of go to Jaffe. You're, I mean, because you're the HR expert for Employer Flexible. <laughs> That's a stretch, but yes. yeah. <laughs> so talk a little bit, about, we, we talked about the overall structure. Tell me about the HR pieces that you handle or that Employer Flexible uses or that a PEO does for a company. Sure, so at our PEO, not only do you get an HR consultant, you have a whole team. You have a benefits specialist, payroll specialist, workers comp specialist. I work directly with the client. We're talking about strategic planning, compensation analysis, employee relations, um, you name it. So I help develop their deliverables and initiatives to get them off the ground, but we have a whole team behind us that's doing the transactional stuff. You know, HR is very heavy in compliance and that really bogs down your in-house HR or someone who's inherited HR responsibilities. So we're really giving a return on investment in your time. 
I like how you talked about the return on investment. And I think when we go back into benefits, when I started in this industry, we talked to small employers mostly. We did, all our groups were pretty much small. And one of the things we talked about was, hey, we're gonna take benefits off your plate so you can focus on growing your business. And so what you're saying, I mean, look at this, is that kind of what a PO does is help somebody grow their business, support them, or I mean? It can, it's all in how they wanna utilize it. So we have a lot of smaller organizations. We have larger, like you said, up to 100 employees, but they wanna be scalable. So we talk about succession planning and training and development initiatives to help that organization grow. Yeah, and I think there are some um, certain things, certain triggering events. Uh, Companies, when they're in growth mode, definitely look at a PEO because it allows them to focus on their business and it allows us to handle some of the things that basically take up all of their time, right? The, I always call it the putting out fires. Oh yeah, and think about right now, we're in open enrollment season. That (laughs) is time consuming for any organization, but you have a benefit team that's preparing the open enrollment material, the guides, doing the presentations and the trainings. So. You're preaching to the choir on that one right now. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all we're doing. Um, so let's kind of hit each little piece. And again, we're looking at POs as a general, not just employers flexible. Because yep. you know, Ruben, you and I worked together for a long time. You work for other POs. Yep. Um, we've brokered POs for clients. So I know a lot of people in my industry balk at it and they just say, oh my God, they're stealing our benefits business. Yeah. And we've learned that no, we can not only help our clients find the right PO, yep but we can also guide them through that process. And when they get to a point where maybe they don't need or want a PO anymore, we're there to help them make that transition out of it as well. Um, but when you're talking to clients now, I mean, are you seeing an increase in PO business? We are seeing an, an increase in PO business. Um, in the country, there are about 487 PEOs. That number has been steadily rising because is there more compliance now or <laughs> 10 years ago? Yeah. Right. And so who's going to stay on top of those things? Uh, the reason why we bring in somebody like a superstar like Jaffe Donaldson is because of those things. Um, so doing business today isn't easier than it was 20 years ago. Uh, and every time we have, you know, uh, just another election, the president, guess what's going to happen? New compliance. Yeah. We see that happening now that, I mean, I think today they have a 2,500 page bill that no one's read. Just like, it's so funny. People are complaining about it. And it's like, well, hey, we did this in 2014 with the ACA. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I granted there'll be more compliance come out of that. Um, but so we talk about, let's look at a, a couple different ways in, yeah. in a PEO. So I'm a small employer, I'm growing. Yep. I don't have an HR person. I'm looking and going, I need, I need payroll. I need compliance. And there's stuff that we do as Ovation that we do a lot of compliance stuff too. Yeah. But we look at it and say, okay, oh, you need payroll. And you sit with an employer and say, you need payroll, you need this. You can hire an HR person, mm-hmm. which a small business, I mean, a true HR person, right. you know, with, with credentials, they probably can't afford. And they don't need full-time either. So when you go in from a cost perspective, how do you see employers looking at that when you, when you throw out a proposal to them? Are they saying, hey, this is ridiculous, I can't afford this? Or are you saying, no, this is reasonable, makes a lot of sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. And the reason why it makes a lot of sense is I asked the employer to look, at it as a, to look at it as a hiring decision, right? So where else are you going to get uh, an experienced HR uh, professional? Where else are you gonna get you know, a full payroll team? We do uh, payroll administration, so all of filing all of your 940s and 941s, so all of your taxes. Um, so also from the workers' comp perspective, uh, risk and safety, 
you know, account manager um, benefits, right? And so, and, or if, for instance, if you're working with a broker-friendly PEO, right? Like, let's just say yourself, for instance, then we're collaborating, right? right. Um, and we're talking about, you know, conversations to make sure that this business owner is maximizing or optimizing all of our services, uh, you know, at pennies for the dollar. Can I add the, something else we sure. add? We have an employee care team, so that's available to all of the employees of your organization. So if someone has a question on benefits, PTO, a leave of absence, that can be a rotating door for your in-house HR or whoever's assumed that responsibility. So gearing them and educating them to go to a dedicated number that they have access to, to email or call anytime, I think that helps alleviate. Uh, and, and I think Jaffe, you know, she touches on something, so did you, Dan. Now, most small business owners who are growing, who do they appoint to do the critical HR stuff, the compliance stuff, right? Controller admin. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I already know. I deal with that all the time. <laughs> right? So it's a whoever, when you walk into that business, it's whoever's sitting at that desk right there, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I always like to joke around and say, well, you know, what they do is they basically, they flip the badge over. They go from office manager, you know, to, you know, they're doing bookkeeping and they're doing, now they're the HR manager, but have no training at all. Yeah. And so it's difficult. Um, I would say those are the tough conversations. A lot of the time it is the CFO or director of finance yeah. who assume that. And in my experience, they're very black and white. They don't see any gray in between. And in HR and compliance, I live in a world of gray. So yeah. thinking of different solutions and options. So those can be tough conversations to get buy-in, but it takes a little bit. Well, we know it's valuable to us because we come in and especially in a smaller group that's even growing or just a small group, yeah. they come to say, yeah, you know, we'll handle the benefits. We'll handle a lot of the compliance stuff related to benefits. But then they come in with HR issues you know, the owner will call and say, what do I do about this? I mean, I know I have a group in Fort Worth and they talked to us, she calls me all the time saying, well, I have a person, they're not showing up to work at regular times. They're, they're making all these excuses. What do I do? And I'm like, whoa, I have no idea. And I'm not gonna get liability wise, I'm not even gonna give you my, what I, you know, my inclination is fire them. <laughs> I'm like, but I know time that's out. not, <laughs> time out, that's not the right thing. And so, well, you know, there I'm like, I'm gonna refer you and I referred them over to a, HR consultant that we use yep. and they're paying that person. But there's someone that I would say, and I've talked to her about is, you, you should look at a PEO. Yeah. It's gonna take the payroll off your plate, it's gonna give you the HR consulting, it's gonna solve these issues, and of course we'll help you if we need it. Um, and again, you got compliance, you got the ease of everything, it's taken off your plate, you're, you know you're getting things done. Um, and then if you need workers comp and all that. So, and I think when somebody does a PEO, there's certain requirements. So, and what are those to be in a PEO? There's certain, I know there's certain things you have to do to be part of it. What are those? Yeah. So, so number one, the PEO has to take over the payroll. Right. Um, that's basically the glue that holds it all together. Because if you're an employer of, let's just say, 20 employees, um, and you go to market for benefits or for workers' comp or what have you, uh, you're going to get a certain price. But when you when we do the payroll under our FEIN, under our federal ID, now you become part of a larger pool. So now you become part of a larger organization of 11,000 employees, giving us the buying power to go get some of those things. Um, so uh, the the other thing in Texas, you've got to have workers comp. Um, mm -hmm. Either we can help you with it or we can actually third party it. So you can have your own. If you've got a good relationship with your brother-in-law or sister-in-law that sold you their your workers' comp, you can keep your workers' comp. So those are the two requirements that you need in Texas. Okay, so you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily go with your workers' comp. In fact, they probably help, you know, if you get a better rate somewhere else. Um, so 
one of the things that comes up a lot, and I, I hear this, and you can expand on this, is, oh my God, but now we're co-employers. They're taking my employees. You own my employees. And I know you guys hear that, but I hear it too. When I, when I bring that up, well, I don't want to lose my employees. I don't want to be out of control. I don't want to lose control. So, I mean, we just respond to that because that's something we hear all the time. Uh, let's call this myth buster number one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> myth buster number one. So, oh my God, um, my employer just hired a PEO. Um, they're basically going to take full control of our operation. That's not the case. That is not the case. There's co-employment. The phrase that I like to use is you're the, you have the power of people and we have the power of paper. Right. So on paper, because we're doing your your payroll through RFEIN, now we're liable for some of the things like payroll taxes. We remove that from your plate. Right. But you still have and Jaffe can actually speak to this better than I can. But you still have full control of your operation. You do. I mean, if someone's going to exit someone, we prefer they contact us so we can make sure we mitigate any risk for them, understand what they've done up to that point. Um, I'm new to the PEO world, not into consulting, but I'll never forget my first client here in Dallas. You know, we had been in engagement for two months. They didn't really utilize services or reach out a whole lot. And then an employee made a pretty serious allegation and a claim. So I reached out to the VP and the president and said, hey, I need to do an investigation. They immediately got apprehensive. Like they kind of took a deep breath, like, okay, you do your thing, but please don't change anything in our organization, basically. (laughs) So I'm going through the investigation. I complete my findings. I send it to them. I said, okay, I'll meet you at the office at 9 a.m. We'll review this. Wanted to give them time. So I knew I was going to get pushback in the investigation, like of my findings and recommendations. So I sit down, meeting the owner, first time face-to-face. It's like, Jaffe, I have to tell you, I thought you were going to unionize our organization and tell me, (laughs) you know, be the HR police. And I was like, I am not here to do any such thing. I want to make sure that your employees can thrive. You have a safe environment. And I give you recommendations. At the end of the right. day, it's up to you which decision you would like to take. So it's still their company. They're Absolutely. still running it. You're giving the recommendations. We're giving you, hey, we'll give you some policy recommendations. We'll give you, give you yeah. the legal things that you must do, but it's up to you to implement them. Absolutely. Okay. And now they text me every day. So <laughs> we have a great relationship. Like, wait, we have an HR person. This is awesome. <laughs> we have somebody yes. on speed dial. So you talk about, you know, going through all those process. So let's talk a little bit about when somebody's with a PEO, the onboarding, offboarding process and again not just employer flexible but just what you've seen because you've worked for multiple peos you came from hr so you've done the onboarding that side now you're on the PO side doing the onboarding talk about a little bit of process and how that eases it or makes it more complicated or you know what really what you do yeah so um if we take a look at the life cycle of an employee right um yes and we and, and jeffy will probably touch on this later yes we can help you with the hiring um but everything really kind of starts when um, you say, hey, I'm thinking about hiring this person. Um, so we can help you with background checks. We can help you with, you know, um, with, with uh, drug, you know, background and drug checks. So can we can interrupt for go a second? ahead. Are you talking about onboarding a new employee or a client onboarding the first time with that? Employees, really employees. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. More, more folks right on the employee side. Because again, I'm trying to think from a, if I'm an employer yep. and I'm doing everything myself right now. Yep. And I'm probably frustrated or tired. I mean, heck, I've got employees and I, yeah. I do a lot of stuff. I've offboarded a lot of stuff yeah. from my own plate because I realized as I hired more people, yeah. this is just something I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, or I shouldn't be doing or it's below my pay grade. No offense to anybody, but it is. Yeah. So I hire somebody to do that. So Absolutely. So speaking to employers, 
I'm going through that process. How do you make it easier on them? And, and the good thing is the thing. The good thing about it is, you know, once you've decided that you're going to hire somebody, there's no investing in your own technology. There's no investing like having to deal with software updates because we bring everything to the table. Um, and when we talk about, you know, the onboarding, it's really making sure that we got everything done for them as far as, you know, their I-9s, their W-4s, making sure the direct deposits in. And then from there, you know, that's when we actually, you know, start kind of the HR process. Yeah, I mean, the technology is key, I think, for an employer yep. and employee. They want convenience. So not only right. do we have the technology that we keep updated, but we have an app. And we know a lot of employees just want to be able to download an app, enter their information, make changes to their benefits, check their pay stub. So it's all, to go. Yeah, all done and easy. I like yep, that. Easy. Mm -hmm. So let's go kind of talking about the PO. So let's look at the benefit side of stuff, because that's where, you know, as a lot of my colleagues say, you know, oh, they're going to take the benefits and take, you know, yeah. take things away from us. I've looked at it differently in the past. So I'll, I'll use an example from several years ago. Had a guy, he had a car dealership. He had, I don't know, 15, 20 employees, was doing benefits. But he said, I'm going to have 100 employees by the end of the year. And he had no HR person. And I said, okay, first of all, we got to figure out how you're going to get through all of this. And so we talked to him and said, you know, and I, and I actually referred to him. I said, you know, really, I think you need to look at a PEO. Because I said until you, and he was going to hire an HR person, but she needed to get groomed in. She didn't have a lot of credentials. Yeah. So I kind of as a guiding thing for that person coming in, yeah. but also with that growth, I said, you know, you should look at a PEO. And so we, and did the benefits and everything through there. We came in a year later, maybe it was two years later. We ended up, they separated from the PEO. We took over the benefits, but benefits was an important piece of something he wanted to offer. And so let's talk about on the benefits side, how that, you know, how does that affect the group and how do you organize the benefits? And is every group, you know, is it a separate group or is it under a master contract? I mean, yep. so um, at Employer Flexible, we have a master health policy. We, we've got a, our own master plan with Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, now there are probably three PEOs that have uh, master policies with Blue Cross Blue Shield in the state of Texas. Almost every PEO has master policies with either Aetna or United Healthcare. Right, that's pretty common. Um, and so, the way that we approach benefits is we approach it approach it from a strategic perspective. Um, so, number one, why are you offering benefits? Right, um, we know how competitive it is in today's world to offer that. Um, not just from an attraction piece, but from a retention piece as well. Yeah, um, but. Our master health plan isn't for everybody. It, I mean, you still have to do underwriting. So if you've got, you know, you've got, you know, 26 employees or above, we'll do what's called the group health questionnaire, which I'm preaching to the choir yeah. <laughs> and, and a census. And then below that, you know, we would do the individual, you know, personal health questionnaires um, because, you know, we want to try to protect our book. Um, so our master health policy is not always the solution. There's times where, you know, a broker would say, hey, you know, can you help us here in this predicament? Because our Blue Cross Blue Shield plan isn't the solution. So the, working with a broker friendly PEO is definitely the way to go. If you are a health broker and you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> definitely find a PEO that is not territorial, is gonna try yeah. to take some of your business. Well, I know we've seen groups, I mean, they come to us and we talk about, we see groups and they say, yeah, I want to get lower health insurance rates. We look at the PEO and it's, oh, it's not lower. It's the same or it's higher than what they're already paying. 
And so I said, but they still want the PO services. So then anything in that, that conundrum of, well, I want the PO services, but I don't want to pay more for health insurance because I'm going to pay for these extra services. So we know, and one of the things we look for in, in PEOs that we work with is if we can carve out the benefits. So, and so you and I have done that with both yeah. with the PEOs you've worked for, yeah. is being able to carve out those benefits and say, okay, let's do these processes. Let's see if we can do things on the benefits outside yeah. of the PEO but they can still get all the services you provide. Absolutely. And so that's usually, that's an ASO model? Um, it's it's both, uh, ASO and PEO model. Um, for those that don't know uh, what the ASO model is, it's administrative services only. So run, we're running their uh, payroll through their FEIN, through their federal ID versus through ours. Um, okay. They still have the liability, liability of you know making sure that the payroll taxes get paid on time. We're doing that for them. On the PEO model, we're doing that um, we're doing that for them. Um, but you're right, um, every PEO is different. And there are some PEOs that say, well, you can't carve out the benefits or you can carve out the benefits, but we gotta have your workers comp. Right, um, I've seen that. So one or the other. And then there's some PEOs um, that say, you know what, let's, let's do what makes sense for the client uh, rather than just looking at you know, our own interests. And so, um, you know, those are the conversations that we have with business owners. Uh, what makes sense for you? Uh, what makes sense long term? Um, again, PEOs aren't for everybody. There's not a one size fits all PEO. Yeah. And so do your due diligence is what I always tell everybody. That's why I like Ruben will and a lot of the sales team will invite me on their prospect meetings, especially when we're talking about benefits that could be the most common we want to control healthcare costs, but like I really challenge them to think about total compensation. So what's the split of the employee versus employer contribution to benefits? Yep. Where are you competitively with your compensation philosophy? You know, what does that whole package look like to make sure it's attractive and competitive for your workforce? I like they brought the compensation thing. I just had a uh, lunch with a CFO or he was ex CFO of a major sports team here in Dallas. And it's a good friend of mine. We sit on a board together and he brought that up. I said, how do you, looking back at when you were time with the team, how did you approach benefits and we were talking about it? He said, no, we, we didn't look at it as, as healthcare. We didn't look at it as expense. We looked at it as a compensation. And so it becomes part of that total compensation package. So I like that you brought that up and uh, approaching it that way. Oh yeah. On the ASO, so going back to as a broker, mm -hmm. as a consultant, I'm working with clients. And so I come to you and we, we work together collaboratively to do what's best for the client. In fact, you know, we approach most clients at, with a kind of a crawl, walk, run, type of thing saying, you know, all right, you're fully insured now, let's look at this crawl, you don't have any benefits. We're gonna crawl, get you in slow, we're gonna move you into hopefully a level funded, self-funded model and move our way up through the process. Is there an approach to that in the PO world that you kind of say, hey, we're gonna start here, yeah. here, here to get them, or is yeah. the crawl kind of like we do everything for you and we're gonna back you out? There's no marathon. <laughs> there <a> yeah. <laughs> There's no marathon. But I would say that clients do have that opportunity. Like if they just want to start with the workers' comp and payroll side because they have really competitive benefits yep. right now, let's get through a year, see what the next renewal looks like, and we can add on incrementally. You know, and the, the other thing too is, um, you know, from an HR perspective, um, there are some clients that say, you know what, I really kind of just need help on the compliance piece. Yeah. And then where it really starts to, and this is kind of my favorite part, even though Jaffe does all the all the hard work, I keep um, <laughs> I keep um, what do I say? I keep you uh, keep honest, honest yeah, on these right. calls. Yes. But this is my favorite part: is when we actually and kind of something that sets us apart is really going into the strategic HR, right? Is going in there and saying, 
how can we help you? Yeah. Uh, how can we help you? What keeps you up at night? You know, is it talent acquisition? Is it the great resignation? Employees getting offers that weren't looking and now they're exiting your company? Total comp package, I mean, you name it. So, yeah. I mean, some clients really buy in and, and value that. Others say, I'll reach out when I need you. So yeah. it just depends. Like what keeps you up at night? We ask, we, we do prospects with that and we'll say, what keeps you up at night? You're talking about benefits. What keeps you up at night? Is it, what are you gonna do when an employee gets a heart attack? Or is it, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to get good employees. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to hire and, and, and what do I do when I fire somebody? So I like it. Um, I wanna take a quick break here, uh, show a video from one of our sponsors from Craig Shelley Luxury Jewelry and Fine Watches and we'll be right back. back and we're here with Jaffe and Ruben talking about PEOs and ASO models and how it works for employers and helping them grow their business, their bottom line, take care of their employees. Yes. And so let's let's kind of go back into it. Um, we talked about the HR. So, you know, I, I, this is what I want to hear. So, because I deal with it every day and I hear the stories, the value of working with a PEO tell me, tell me, give me a couple of like examples or horror stories or where you saved an employer's ass. <laughs> the, the, show me the true value besides payroll and all the easy stuff i mean there's a million payroll companies we've got partnerships with great payroll companies but peo is doing all the hr side of stuff so where you really showed value i think it's when they have a knee-jerk reaction they say hey we're cutting ruben today go talk to him exit him um and then i gotta this is your last day at work just so you know <laughs> i thought this would be an easy it's <laughs> easy on camera you yeah. can't throw a fit <laughs> no cry We'll talk um, later. <laughs> I think it's just the coaching aspect. I mean, they, I hear all the time, Texas is an at-will employer. I can yeah. let anyone go at any time. True. Um, that doesn't really hold up in court necessarily. So let's talk about this. You know, what have you done? I believe in, I used to say hire fast, uh, fire or hire slow, fire fast. Now I say hire smart, mm. you know, because so many companies have excruciating long um, interview processes. And right now there's just no tolerance. So make sure you have the right people interviewing, asking the right questions for the conversation. I also believe in exiting fast. If someone's not cutting it, is it the right seat in the organization or do they need to be exited? So I save them by just coaching, having a conversation, treat people like adults. I think uh, clients just have a fear of having courageous conversations because yeah. they don't know what they can say. So it's just easier to avoid it, becomes a big, a big problem that employee and they just want to terminate them so that's a huge conversation we get a lot of calls from our small employers all the time what would you do in this situation yeah. how would you handle it i'm like okay there's a right way and there's dan's way <laughs> <laughs> and as my wife knows she talked about company pro things in i go my answer is like fire them <laughs> just Easy. get rid of them and i'm like we can't do that <laughs> you might but let's just explore yeah, let's, all options first but i like that I like, I like hire smart really fire fast yeah but i think fast and clean Exactly. I, I can't say I, I'm not suggesting you need to retain every employee. I mean, some things are very toxic. Yeah. And if it's distracting, let's talk about strategies to exit it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that you look at in every PO, I mean, especially if you've been doing it for quite some time, you know, you're going to get the same spill, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, we help out with payroll, payroll taxes. We can help out with benefits, help out with workers' comp, risk and safety. But this this really is kind of, you know, what really differentiates PEOs is having the, the, the level of service. Um, for us, it's high touch. Yep. Yeah. High touch, it's uh, putting humans back in human resources. And I think uh, that's a very dated terminology, human resources. <laughs> I like to say people-centric, people yes. initiatives, yes. but but, you, but you know, But there are some good PEOs out there that um, rely heavily on just technology. And that's okay because yeah. there are some uh, clients, there are some business owners that say, you know what, I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I mean, hands off. They actually, I mean, we have, we've dealt with employers before that don't care about their employees. Mm. They're flat out. We don't care. We just, they're here to do a job. And if they don't want, they don't want to be here, they don't want to be here and we'll let them go. And you know, they, find someone else. We just need a warm and, body. And we, those aren't clients we work with because mm. that's just not our style. You know, yeah. those aren't clients we'll, we'll do business with. Um, but so let's look at from a from the PO side. We we run into all the time, and I don't care. I'll throw names out there. We run into ADP one source all the time. We run into. We used to. We did a lot of work a decade ago with Trinet. Um, I, I run into an Insperity rep every freaking day. No offense to Insperity. Sorry. I'm just. <laughs> I just. I've got twenty that I have cards on that are always calling on me. Yeah. So. And again, I don't want this to be an advertisement for employers flexible. Yeah. It's more about PEO in general because sure. if those companies are great and they do great things as well. Yeah. And I do know there is a fit. So there's another uh, group that we work with, uh, LL Roberts, yep. great people. We know them real well. Yep. They have their niche in the PEOs they work. Yeah. So, you know, your blue collar trucking company, they have phenomenal PEOs for that industry. Um, but look at them just going back to employers flexible what what is your niche what size employers is there a certain industry is there an area that you really exceed everyone else in i think you hit it i mean you really kind of said it best when you said working with employers that really care about their employees um for somebody that really doesn't care about kind of the benefit offering doesn't really care about the retention of their employees any of that um, we're probably not, a, there's probably a good PEO out there for you. We're probably not it though. Right. Um, for us, it's really uh, looking at a PEO as a strategic partner. For us, uh, the average client, our average client has 33 employees. So yes, we can do smaller. Um, you know, we have clients that have, you know, five employees. And then our, you know, we do have a client that has 1,700 employees, right? So. Um, so it's going to differ in the number of employees that each employer has, but for us, uh, we're probably not going to be great at the, you know, high risk blue collar, but a little bit of gray and white collar. Absolutely. That makes sense. I mean, I mean, I know, and again, going back to my Trinet days, they were white collar. They were, yeah, if you brought a blue collar group, they just were not that fit. It's not the business they wanted. And again, they, they got a workers comp pool. They don't want to dirty their workers comp pool. I yeah. mean, we do it in the benefits all the time with our captives. We don't want to dirty our pool. You know, we don't let anybody, we don't just let anybody in. We have, we run it a certain way. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, I guess, when somebody's looking at a PEO, they're thinking about it, or maybe it just crossed their mind. What are, I don't know, two, three questions they should ask themselves to really make that decision? Um, so one would probably be, um, 
Am I sick of doing HR? (laughs) (laughs) It's really kind of asking themselves, you know, what they're working towards. You know, what's the ultimate goal? Is it to basically kind of remain stagnant, stay the same, status quo? Just check the box that I'm complying. Yeah, kind of like, okay, I've got my office manager who's doing everything, checking the box. Or is it to grow? Is it to grow into other states? You know, one of the Mm. one of the really good reasons why a PO works is because we have, you know, we do business in all 50 states. So for you to learn the laws in Pennsylvania. That's a really good point. It's a really good state. Right? <laughs> um, to learn the laws in New York, to learn the laws in the one that everybody California. hates. California. <laughs> California, New York, uh, they're yeah. the ones. <laughs> I mean, you already have enough on your plate, yeah. right? So, you know, your expansion mode, uh, you're looking to offer your employees a little bit more um, yeah. and, and really kind of become a, a difference. I mean, that's that's one of the great reasons. I, I think another reason is coming out of a COVID year, they want to be more efficient. So we have technology where they can have everything in the cloud. Their employees can access yeah. it. We can document. So they have better contingency plans and they want to work smarter and not harder. And so I think we can offer them that. I, I have a pretty good example. Um, so Jeffy and I went to Fort Worth to go visit a prospect. They had 85 employees, uh, internal HR, right? And so this is kind of also leads to uh, myth buster number two. If I already got an internal HR person, uh, a professional, you know, are they a threat? Well, we're not. And one of the things that we were able to do and identify is that this in- internal HR person that they valued a lot actually ended up leaving. She was bogged down. I mean, it's the transactional stuff. I mean, the the onboarding, the payroll, the employee relations, like she didn't get the opportunity to get initiatives off her plate where she was really passionate about because she had a rotating door. Mm. Um, so that one was easy buy-in to, to eliminate the threat factor, I think, and say, you hear me, you know exactly what I'm talking about and what that looks like. Yeah, and it's also having just very frank conversations kind of yeah. saying, um, I've kept up with your company for the last six years and basically HR has been a rotating you know, door. Yeah. Um, why is that? It's because the same things keep coming up. There's no structure there. Um, it's basically hire one HR person and then they leave because it's so hard to keep up with just the hiring alone. The hiring, the compliance. I mean, yeah. in COVID, so many things changed from a compliance level, and a lot of companies had layoffs and reduction in force, and there's a lot of compliance that goes with that. So it's it's, it's interesting you said about the the HR people leaving. You know, for a long time, I think because we were dealing with HR a lot of time or most times, yeah. we saw a lot of people stay in HR. They were there for five, ten, fifteen years, forever. Yeah. We're seeing we are seeing a lot of rotating door on the HR now where they're coming in for a year or two years, they're gone or six months. I mean, a lot of these people are coming in and out and it, you know, it puts a headache on us because we're having to retrain, they're, we're having to rework, create relationships with these new HR people. Yep. Um, we see a lot of that. Um, but a lot of, again, maybe COVID has something to do with that. People are bouncing around. It's getting more difficult because you have workforces that are all over the country. They're, or they're just virtual. More opportunity. More opportunity, yeah. And are you seeing, so going into that, pre, prior to COVID, have you seen in your business a huge shift, paradigm shift, a change in how things are because of COVID and now more virtual workforce? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of clients saying, 
we're returning to office, we're going fully remote, we're somewhere in the middle. So, so many conversations of how will my employees adapt to this? Well, have you talked to them? Have you surveyed them? What's the best for your operations? Yeah. And, and I would say, as I would challenge that business owner and say, how are you getting better if you're still doing the same thing that you were doing prior to yeah. COVID, right? Um, because if their business practices are the same, but everybody else and the environment around you has changed, but yet you haven't. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why there's a rotating there, door there. And so that's why, you know, we were able to have, you know, the, some of those conversations saying, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to help free some of that time so you can work on those strategic initiatives. So, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a hard conversation. I like it. So we, all right. So we've covered, we, we got HR covered with, with the PO. You got HR covered. You've got payroll covered. Yep. Compliance. Benefits can go either way. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go to the yep. a broker. We can work together. Yep. Um, it can go through you. Yep. Um, you've got uh, your workers' comp. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, you and I talked, Ruben. You and I talked earlier and talked about MythBusters. And so we covered two myths. One was, you know, that you still own your employees. Yeah. And then we we just did myth two, which was remind me of myth two. Internal HR. Internal HR. Mm -hmm. And I think you had a couple more. So let's let's get those because we got <laughs> we got to push those out. You know, I, I think another one is really coming in and thinking that the employees aren't going to take to the, that they're basically gonna reject a, a PEO. Right. Uh, you, you come in, you say, oh, well, everything's gonna change, everything's gonna change. Um, you know, that, that's not the case. It's definitely not the case. Um, they don't well, have a new boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the myth buster number one was that basically, you know, we were going to take over and do everything and that you have to follow the law, this, this, and that, right? Jaffe's going to come in. I'm tough. <laughs> yeah. I don't work for Dan anymore. I work for Jaffe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and number three is really kind of all about the employees. Um, the employee experience, you yeah. know, so I think it depends on the communication you share with the employees about it. Some find it um, exciting to have the PO because they know they have direct access to talk about their payroll yeah. questions, their taxes, their benefits, uh, even their benefit claims. Like they have a direct source and a direct line that is easily accessible. Yeah. You, you so. talked about the employee care team right there and mm -hmm. uh, how they don't have to sit there and wait for an answer yeah. when they can just go get it right then and there. Yeah. yeah. So in comparison, and again, I'll let you guys advertise for a second here because I'm, I'm just curious, working with, you've worked with other POs, you yep. came from HR side, but, and you're competing against other POs a lot. What makes Employer Flexible different from, I mean, from an ADP one source or a Trinet, I mean, or in Sparity? I mean, what, what differences and what similarities do you have? Can I go first? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Because like, you know I'm impressed with the care team at Employer Flexible, yep. so that's why I want to yep. bring that up too. Well, I think working in HR consulting prior to joining a PEO, I honestly thought I'd never join a PEO. So, when I'm, so many of my clients in a previous life had PEOs, and so when I'm working alongside them, trying to get answers, resolution, strategize, just bounced around. It was a rotating door at that organization. They didn't have a direct line of contact. I was frustrated. I was like, I will never work for a PEO. Um, but I was really impressed with Employer Flexible. Honestly, first, the culture and the people are amazing. Yeah. I think for me, that's one of the, the highlights if I'm choosing to spend my time at an organization. Yeah. And not to sound cheesy, but it is flexible for the client to pick and choose a bit of which benefits work best for them or workers comp, you know, build upon what yeah. the services we offer. And lastly, I would say um, just the service, like. The ability to strategize with someone about strategic efforts or your employees instead of just an 800 number or a website yeah yeah um you, you talked about some of the peos um and you 
kind of threw out some big names. You know, one of the things that makes Employer Flexible different and one of the reasons why I chose to, to stay here, uh, why I chose to, to work for Employer Flexible is because it's a very flat organization. Mm -hmm. So when decisions need to be made, I mean, I can go directly to the owner or I can go directly to the VP of sales. You know, uh, I'm thankful that I have a great manager with tons of experience. Um, but, you know, it's not just about the basics like, again, the payroll, the payroll administration, the benefits, the workers comp. It's to me, we invest so much in our HR that we can have some of these strategic conversations with business owners. And that's what I love about it. I think they invest in the people, regardless which department at our organization, which only strengthens the benefit for clients and I mean, across the board. And communication is key, mm -hmm. right? I mean, every month we have a, basically an all call uh, talking about kind of the state of, you know. The town hall. Yeah. The organization, where we are, where we're going. Yep. And, and it's very transparent. You know, you get that from those, you know, when you were in a s smaller boutique organization, you can do that. And I love yeah. that, you know, because we, we see it all the time. Yeah. Um, and I love the the partnership and the collaboration that you talk about with your clients, yeah. with uh, with broker partners like us or yeah. consultant partners like us. I mean, that is it's great. You and I sit and talk regularly about we have these prospects that are looking at this. Is this a good fit? Where can we fit you in? Where can we f fit in with yours? Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's just an overall solution we try to bring our clients as well as saying we've had this discussion. So when I sit with a client, I don't just talk about, let's talk about your benefits. What, what deductible do you have? What co, you know, copay? We're talking about the overall picture of their organization yes. and let's find all the holes in it. Yeah. You know, compliance is a huge one. Mm -hmm. I go through like a 20 point checklist on compliance. I'll tell you right now, 95% of the employers I talk to have at least five of those missing. And a lot of them are 50% or more. So bring in those, showing that, here's how we can consult, bring this in. And it might not be stuff that we do, we wanna show them where they need to step it up, where they need to fill these holes, and bringing in someone like Employers Flexible or, or a PEO yep. can really do that. Um, I mean, this has been great. And I think from a broker perspective or a consultant perspective, you need to have somebody in your back pocket like this yeah. that can support your clients, grow with your clients, uh, can be flexible. And again, not trying to use your name, just, but it's true. Be, have <laughs> yes. that flexibility, <clears throat> yeah. but also the broker has to be flexible too. You know, I yep. mean, cause I walk into clients and I can say, Hey, great. Here's a, you want payroll? Here's Paylocity. Here's this one. We do that. Yeah. And, but when they have bigger needs, especially when they don't have an HR person, they don't have somebody managing, they don't have somebody onboarding, offboarding. Yeah. I mean, you don't have an ERISA attorney on staff. <laughs> I mean, those are the things that you really need a partner for that can handle those things. Yeah. Um, so with that, I mean, any last closing? I mean, no, I would say that um, not just for Employer Flexible, but for any PEO, whenever you have a broker that looks outside of just their own solution, um, you know, the ultimate goal is is to what is to help the client. Right. Um, right. Some of the things that you were saying right now, I was I was tuning in because everything was very client centric. Um, and to me, that's the way a good broker, a good PEO should be, because uh, it, it's not about you. It's not about making a quick buck. It's not about any of that. It's about bringing a solution um, because that's why we're here. We're here to bring solutions. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I love that you said that. Um, you're big, uh, you know, kind of a, you have a big influence in the broker community. I love that you expand to other options and just say, hey, look, I, I sometimes I know that I can't 
um, you know, be the one all be all solution. Well, I think that's part of my is recognize that maybe I'm not the one all, you know, I don't have all the solutions. Yeah. And sometimes I have to know when to step back and go, look at, you know what? Benefits, everything you should roll this way. Yeah. You know, and when you, when the time is right, yeah. come back to us. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll work and, but, and also like being partnered because I know we can also, we're in communication. So, Hey, how's so-and-so going? How's that group going? Great, great, great. Yep. Hey, they're getting a position where I think they're going to transition out of the PEL. Great. We want to make sure we're there yep. to pick it up from that point Absolutely. forward. Um, so I think it's just a great partnership with Employers Flexible, mm -hmm. number one. It's been a pleasure working with Thank both you. of you and your team. Um, but I, for anyone out there, I do. I think um, broke for employers, look at a PEO if you're really, if you have too much on your plate, if you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to scale, if you're trying to you know increase your revenue, focus on revenue, not HR and doing these things. Um, but for brokers, you know, don't rule out the PEO model. I think it can really help you grow your business. It can help you bring value to your clients even more. And, but you do need good partners. Um, and I know like Employers Festivals has just been a great one for us. So I uh, really appreciate you guys coming in and going through all of this. Well, thanks for having us, Dan. Yeah. yeah. So um, with that said, um, thanks for tuning in to another episode uh, with Employers Flexible today. I want to th put a big thanks out to our sponsors. Uh, again, Craig Shelley, uh, Fine Jewelry Luxury Watches. Bill Wallace at Success North Dallas, who's been connecting people for 30 years. And of course, Work Innovators, that is amplifying the voice of business. We appreciate everyone coming out here and have a great time. We'll see you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.